Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Here we are, Brant, back again on YouTube live. Uh, once again, putting these ugly mugs out into the public eye. Um, it's getting to be a getting to be a recurring trend here. I'm not sure how good that is for everybody, but um, we we got through. We wrapped up our, our divisional breakdowns of, of off season needs. Um, you know, and now it's back into doing some exciting stuff, stuff that we've been looking forward to doing here um, for a while. So we're gonna today we're gonna get into uh, some some fantasy or excuse me, some free agent uh, relevant news to fantasy uh, and the impacts it's gonna have. Moves that we love, moves we hate, and moves we're not sold on yet. Um, so I'm excited for this episode. Definitely uh, feels a little more uh, our speed versus what we were doing the last couple of weeks, Brant. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, now these uh, these names and everything may end up changing a little bit down the road, pending draft and and other things going on. But uh, as of right now, there are there we're going to discuss some names that we love or like, and then you know mostly some of the names that that, that are going to fall off, uh, probably fall off the fantasy relevant chart or slide way down there. Um, and then we'll get into uh, later uh, in the weeks to come. We'll talk about some more rookies coming up. Uh, we'll talk about some draft stock and uh, talks about um, kind of a little more what teams need from the draft fantasy wise. Um, not as not as uh, not as in depth as I think we did go just the past few weeks with those, but uh, that's kind of what to look forward to leading up to the draft. And then after the draft, man, that's when we get to dive head first into the the mock drafts and, and really get everyone ready for the dynasty year. <laughs> Yeah, Brent, I think it's important, too, to let people know the reason. I, I don't like doing rookie mock drafts this early. I mean, I guess that there's some kind of merit to it. But for me, um, landing spot really does matter with a lot of these rookies. Um, and so I think people who spend a lot of time doing mock drafts right now are going to be really disappointed when um, a certain player they love's ADP is no longer in the late second round because he falls to an amazing landing spot. So uh, I don't I don't typically do too many mock drafts this early. It's not something that I want to invest a lot of time in just because things change so much in between now and then. Um, and, you know, really, it's just you almost do a disservice to yourself if you fall in love with landing or a player's ADP now uh, versus prior to the draft. Unless you're in one of those teams that you draft your rookies, you know, prior to the actual NFL draft or if you're in a Debbie league, then obviously things are a little bit different there. Yeah, really. And in my mind, in this draft, um, there's really only one player that that I don't think landing spot would change his ADP any, and that's Robinson, uh, the running back out of Texas. I think he's he's pretty much in a uh, um, normal one QB league. I guess I really can't call that normal anymore. In a uh, one QB league, um, I think he's the one on one easily, and then in a super flex, he he's right up there in the top probably four or five picks. And I think that's really – he's the first non-quarterback to come off the board in a super flex. And I think that's really the only player that you could vouch is kind of a set-it-and-forget-it type of guy right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Bijan Robinson, um, obviously super flex changes a little bit, um, but landing spot-wise, it, it doesn't matter. He's He should be the 101. Um, again, unless you're in a, in a super flex league and you just have, you know, if you, if you finished the year last year with, uh, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, somebody else and you, you know, quarterback has to be taken, then obviously then it is what it is, but otherwise it's Bajon Robinson. So, uh, Brant, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into these, uh, free agents, um, a, a little bit here. Let's, let's look at, um, some, let's look at some free agent guys that we, that we, let's start with the guys we hate. Um, or not necessarily the guys we hate, but the landing spots that we hate. Let's go there first and, and see how where where we can get to from there. 
Okay, I'll lead this off, and I'm going to lead this off with a whole bunch of uh, a, a group of guys, and that's the Miami running backs. Um, they re-signed all three, Gaskin, Wilson, and Mostert. So once again, we're looking at a season going forward, three-headed monster, don't need to really talk about their stats too much. A lot of people know what happened. They all finished decent. Um, none of them really broke out. I know, you know, Mostert had a few great games, and and Wilson had a few great games, and but and now we're going back in, and it's once again just a a uh, three headed monster going in. Um, so I mean, they did nothing for themselves, and honestly, I think that may have hurt their offense a little bit too. I know Mostert finishes the uh, RB twenty five in um, most uh, fantasy leagues, uh, PPR wise, and uh, I think Jeff Wilson. I'm pulling it up. He finished in number thirty, so they both were serviceable. I know Gaskin wasn't the greatest last year, but he did see some time. Um, both have injury history. I really think that this may have been a terrible idea of putting all three of them back on the field prior to the draft because i really think that miami needs to get themselves a workhorse or at least a two uh two uh two running back system and get away from these older guys yeah i, I think ran a strong running game in miami would actually do wonders for tua as well uh maybe take a little pressure off of him as as the the um play action game would be a little bit better and things of that nature. But, you know, that, that Miami has been a landing spot that going into the last two off seasons, I think a lot of people were really excited about. And then uh, Miami just really muddies the water for all of us in fantasy by, you know, by throwing all these different names in there. And it's um, kind of much in the way of San Francisco prior to CMC. It was, you know, the hot hand, whoever's the hot hand is going to get the ball this game. Um, and that's really tough when you're when you're setting a lineup for fantasy, because if I put Raheem Mostert in and he fumbles on the third carry of the game and Jeff Wilson, you know, rips one for 20 yards, who's going to have the better game the rest of the day? Well, Jeff Wilson's going to get more work than Raheem Mostert moving forward. So, you know, it just makes it really hard for for fantasy to, um, you know, trust one of those guys and, and put one of them out into your starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I absolutely hate it even a little bit more because I am an owner of, of two of those three guys in, in our dynasty league. And I was really hoping that, you know, they would move on or, or become the workhorse and try to make some moves with them. But I mean, I just don't think you really can. These guys are going to have to be a wait and see. You don't wish injury on anybody, but if one does get injured, then you do have a, a, a top probably 15 running back. But if they're both healthy, I think you might be looking at maybe two top 35 running backs. And, and when I say two top 35s, I'm talking from number 30 to number 35 unless an injury happens. You know, I, I want to touch real quick on the fact that you said you've got both these guys in the Dynasty League and you're not a fan. Listen, uh, you're the defending champion. Nobody feels sorry for you. Suck it up, Buttercup, and, and uh, you know, go cry into your river. Of, oh, don't of your worry. Trophy that trophy, there, that so. trophy will be shown a little bit. Yeah, I'm just, that, just waiting a little yeah, bit. You, maybe you could polish it with your tears of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert over yeah. there. <laughs> All right. So the first guy that I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the landing spot. I genuinely actually hate the landing spot um, is Alan Lazard to the New York Jets. He, you know, he goes and signs a four year, $44 million deal. Uh, I know it's all in pursuit of, of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but um, when you add a guy who played 15 games last year, had 60 receptions, 788 yards and six touchdowns, all it is going to do is drag down the fantasy value a little bit of guys like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis and Tyler Conklin. Listen, all those guys last year had pretty decent value for where they were drafted. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's kind of stock is, is um, 
you know, astronomical, like he's being listed on the NASDAQ. He's so high at this point in, in the stock market world. Um, but the thing is, one, Aaron Rodgers is not a jet yet. And two, if if even with Aaron Rodgers, um, I, I mean, yeah, he's got the, the past chemistry with Alan Lazard. But what does this do for, you know, Garrett Wilson's explosion last year? What does it do for a resurgence for guys like like myself that have hold, held and Brant, you too, that have held on to Elijah Moore, hoping that um, there's a bounce back? Or again, Corey Davis, who in his last year with the Tennessee Titans was electric. I mean, all of these guys have had great um, moments in their career. Uh, and then again, Tyler Conklin really came onto the scene as a, as a relevant tight end um, for fantasy. Uh, what does what Alan Lazard do to all this? For me, it just muddies the waters um, very similarly to what we just discussed with the Miami backfield. Um, if every one of these guys are getting a decent amount of targets, you know, if you're if you're giving four targets to a guy like Alan Lazard, four targets to a guy like Elijah Moore, four targets for a guy like Corey Davis, and four targets for a guy like Tyler Conklin, that doesn't leave a whole lot for a guy like Garrett Wilson that's being valued as a as a top ten. Uh, dynasty startup wide receiver right now um as a garrett wilson owner in a lot of leagues brand i'm terrified right now i was excited about the the aaron Rodgers news until alan lazard came to town until he's pushing for randall cobb and obj whatever's true and what isn't true it's definitely got me nervous as, a, as an owner of, of garrett wilson um as well as elijah moore uh, just because you know again the more names the more mouths you have to feed the less there is to go around um i don't know if i'm way off here brant maybe you love the move i'm just not a fan of it uh, absolutely not in love, in love with that move. I, uh, thought it was really weird to, uh, see, excuse me, to see that, um, you know, Rogers wanted Lazard back and, and Cobb and all those times of talking about, you never give me any weapons in, in green Bay. And then you want the same, you want the same three weapons or two of the three weapons that you had. Uh, I believe one of his tight ends were on that list too. What was that? Lewis Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So I just, uh, excuse me i just don't understand it you were walking into if you were traded to the jets as aaron Rodgers, you were walking into probably one of the best receiving cores that you've had in course you, you're not walking into the best receiver you've had you're walking into the best receiving core that you've probably had in probably the last five years oh um, yeah i agree with that I, obviously you've had Devonte adams you've had one of the best if not the best wide receiver but what have you had outside of Adams in the last five years? I understand Lazard stood on a, or Roger stood on a table and pounded the table to keep Lazard in green Bay over the time he was there. But what has he really done? I understand their connection was great last year. Well, he was the only one out there for half the time when Christian Watson was banged up and then Romeo Dobbs went out. I, I'm not sold. Um, I think he's going to be playing fourth or fifth fiddle there. Um, I know he's got the best chemistry. The only thing that I, the only thing that I could see is maybe he wanted Lazard there to help mentor the young guys and get them ready to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. But still, that's that's it's quite a big contract for a mentor. I'll tell you what, I'd I'd be more than happy to come mentor some people. I know I ain't the smartest, but you want to pay me forty four million dollars over four years, I'll do my darndest. <laughs> uh yeah i'm not sure if anybody in uh, the new york jets is uh looking for somebody to come teach people how to eat donut holes and you know drink coffee so uh you may be out of luck there brant there's uh probably not gonna be any 44 million dollar contracts thrown at you anytime soon yeah well i mean i could help the lineman beef up probably you probably could do that, probably <laughs> do that. all right who's next on your list of guys that you're not, not, a, not a fan list. of uh next hate list not a fan of david montgomery <laughs> to the Detroit Lions. 
three years, 18 million. Like I said, he's, he's going to be playing with DeAndre Swift. Um, I know Swift has the injury history. They lost Jamal uh, Williams. I Montgomery's coming off one of his better seasons. Um, I know he finished his RB24 um, in the 16 games he played last year. Uh, he had 235 total touches. And, and like I said, he finished his RB24 in most PPR stand, uh, most PPR formats. But you're going in there with the guy that's been so hyped. They used a, what was it, a first or second round draft pick on this guy. Um, Swift is very, very shifty, very good back when he is healthy. I know, you know, the health has always been an issue, but that seems to be something with Georgia backs. If you go back all the way to Todd Gurley, um, so that's something that, that I don't know, but I, I'm not sold as long as Swift and him are both healthy. That's, that's to me, it's almost a 50, 50 split because you got Monty, who's a, a ground and pound guy who's going to shed tackles. And then you got DeAndre Swift. He's going to be an amazing third down back and, and really can play if Detroit uh, is, is um, trailing. And, and that's going to almost completely obliterate any type of uh, pass work for Monty. I'm not sold. I just I, I I don't like that landing spot. I wanted to see Monty go somewhere where he was going to be the bell cow and, and and really upgrade himself. I understand he's going behind, moving to Detroit behind a better line than what he had in Chicago, but I don't think he sees 200, 200 plus touches this year. Um, so it'll be really really hard for that. All right. So the first question I have, Brant, when it comes to the Detroit Lions in general. Um, when they put a guy through a physical in Detroit, do you think that uh, Dan Campbell makes them test their bite strength to see if they'd be able to get through a kneecap, um, or is that something that they, he just takes their you know their word for it on? You think? Um, I think it's just something they got to take take the word for um, when okay. it comes down to that. Okay, uh, yeah, you know, as far as David Montgomery, I I do tend to agree with you. Um, it, it just feels a lot like um, you know Detroit just doesn't believe in DeAndre Swift at this point. Um, I, I do think David Montgomery at this point in his career is probably a slight upgrade over Jamal Williams. Um, I'm not sure the numbers will, will, will indicate that it'll depend on how much, how many touches he gets and what the volume looks like, but I imagine the role will be very similar, right? Like, uh, uh, I think Jamal Williams, if I, if I remember correctly, had something like 12 receptions last year. So it wasn't much, uh, David Montgomery should have a few more than that. Uh, as well as I, I would expect him to have, you know, a, a well over a hundred carries, um, probably closer to 150 would be my guess because I imagine this will be a very much a um, 1A, 1B conversation with Swift and Montgomery. But really what it's done is it's made both of them, um, both of Montgomery and Swift, a lot less attractive in my mind. Um, I think both of them will slide significantly in, in startup rankings. I know Brant last year, I ripped the Band-Aid off here, don't want to necessarily you know talk about this, but when we get him wrong, we get him wrong. When we get him right, we get him right. Um, we were both a lot higher on DeAndre Swift last year than, than where he finished, I, and I mean significantly higher. We both had him as a top five back in fantasy. Um, and that just didn't happen because of injuries and because of Jamal Williams, and, and I'm just – I think this year when I when I when I go to sit down and do my rankings, which obviously I have not done yet, Brand, I, I don't know if I'll be able to get DeAndre Swift into my top twenty running backs. Um, I think that's going to be an uphill battle at this point. So I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the David Montgomery move because, I'll, like I said, I think all of it, do, it does in the long run is just continuously tear down the value of of DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's that backfield is going to be. Um extremely uh hard to navigate again just like it was this year so not not uh looking forward to any of that 
Absolutely. All right. So the last guy that I really hate the landing spot for is one of your favorite wide receivers uh, in the National Football League. Um, not necessarily because he's been great, just because you just have a soft spot for him, which is fine. Uh, but Jacoby Myers, who went to the Vegas Raiders from the New England Patriots on a three year, thirty three million dollar deal. Um, this one I just I don't like a lot just because you simply go from probably the best weapon on an offense um, with Mac Jones to I'm not really sure where you're where you fall in the rankings with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and I don't want to touch too much on Jimmy G just yet because I am going to talk about him again a little bit later on. But when you when you're staring down the competition levels of guys like Devontae Adams, who you mentioned earlier is one of the best wide receivers in football at this point, um, Hunter Renfro, who's an excellent slot wide out. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the strong ground game um, that Josh McDaniels kind of uh, leaned on so much last year with Josh Jacobs, you know, he re-signed or signed his franchise tag. So, um, you know, what what does Jacoby Myers look like long term in uh, Vegas? I'm not sure. I do know. Take it or love it, leave it, hate it, whatever. I think what he did last year in his 14 games played with New England, I, I think the numbers are going to be really similar. There may be a little bit uh, of an uptick in yards, maybe a downtick in receptions, whatever. He had 67 receptions, 804 yards, six touchdowns. Now, obviously, if, if he does that again as the third third uh, best passing option in Vegas, you're probably happy with that, Brant. But um, I'm just not sold on this fit. I think it's good for Jimmy G. I don't think it's good for Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I don't. I I I loved it at first when I saw him going there with Jimmy G, and then I sat down and got to thinking, going, shoot, Winfro was still there, Waller was still there at the time, Adams was still there. I go, I don't like this anymore. When I sat down and got to thinking, Jacobs is still there, uh, Amir Dula is still there. I, I don't know. I, originally, I loved Jacoby Myers, and yes, I do have a soft spot for him um, since he came into the league. Uh, he's been a great, you know, flex start for me in, in in our dynasty league when I need him. And I don't know how much I trust that anymore. Um, it, that offense is. It, we've seen Jimmy G be very, very productive with a run first offense. Uh, lean on your running back and open it up through play action. And I'm sorry when when you're opening it up through play action that that's Adams is your first look, and then I'm looking at Renfro, Renfro because he covers the middle of that field. So I absolutely um, don't know how I feel about Jacoby Myers at all. I don't hate it yet, but I'm getting there. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So let's go. Let's go next, Brant, to the guys that we're not sold on. Guys, I'm not sold on. I got two of them. One of them is uh, maybe a little homer pick for me because, you know, I love to talk about it, but we'll get to that one in a minute. Uh, that's Robert Woods going to the Houston Texans. I know he's going to go in. He's going to fill in for Brandon Cooks as Brandon Cooks just got traded over to um, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you got, what, Nico Collins there uh, still in Houston. So it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something to see how that works. Um, it's an older guy. He's going to mentor in. Um, so we'll see how they uh, – um, we'll see uh, how that goes with Robert Woods. I know he really didn't fit in Tennessee very well after moving over to the. Um, um, quarterback. Else, but it'll be something to see how that works in, in Houston. I, I, I don't know how it's actually going to. 
Sounds like we may be having some tef- technical difficulties with Brant here. Um, he's kind of cutting in and out. So, um, oh, there he is. You back, Brant? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, there you go. Uh, you were cutting in and out real bad. Didn't didn't catch much of what you were saying there. Okay, I just I know Houston wants to go with the younger group of a younger core of guys. Um, so I, I don't know how that's going to work. Getting Robert Woods there, maybe a change of scenery would be really good for him and re- reemerge his career. I mean, look what he did for Cooper Cup as Cooper Cup was, you know, coming into his own there in L.A. And maybe I mean he he really helped open it up. And maybe maybe this is what Robert Woods needs to help open up the field and open up that offense a little bit. So maybe it will be a good one, but I'm not sure how that's going to be. Yeah, you know, I, I, Robert Woods is a guy who's who's burnt me in fantasy, and and Brand, I know you're near and dear to that situation, so you know my my affections uh, for uh, Bobby Trees, as you would. Um, but I do think I like this move for him. Um, again, much similarly in the ways that I'm going to talk about a couple other guys later on. When you get a rookie quarterback in, which it's no no, uh, there's no illusions here. It sounds like Bryce Young. Or C.J. Stroud is going to be throwing passes in a Texans uniform next year, um, unless something crazy happens in between now and then. Uh, and those guys are going to love guys that have a shorter depth of target and can can move with the ball in their hands afterwards. And we know that's Robert Woods back to his time in Los Angeles. That was on display. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that looks in Houston. It can't hurt. Uh, you know, I do think they add another wide receiver through the draft. Um, but again, Robert Woods is a, could be a great mentor to those guys. Um, we know Brandon Cooks was checked out, and he probably wasn't mentoring a whole lot last year. So, uh, you know, it definitely could be that Robert Woods is going to come in and, and uh, mentor some of those guys and maybe have one more good year uh, for fantasy. I think I like him more in Houston than I will of ever in Tennessee. So, um, you know, the only problem with him in Houston is he doesn't get to play the Texans twice a year. Uh, right, he's not right. in Tennessee, and we all know that, <laughs> that that's always a good thing for fantasy. So, oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, I'm going to move in. I only have one guy that I'm not sold on yet, Brant. So, I'm going to hit him and then I'm going to let you move into yours. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo, okay. Um, I obviously just talked about Jacoby Myers' fit in Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not sure how I feel about this fit yet in Vegas. All right. So obviously we know Derek Carr left. Derek Carr's a gunslinger, not afraid to throw the ball, not afraid to air it out, um, put the ball in a, into some tight coverage and, and whatnot. Um, but with a guy like Jimmy G, he's going to be much more patient with the ball, much more um, uh, let me surgical, I guess, if you will, when you're when you're moving up and down the field. So I, I just wonder how many deep balls guys like Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro are going to have available to him i think what you're going to see a lot i think you could see targets go up and and uh receptions go up for these guys um i'm but i think yards and and touchdowns could significantly drop just because i don't think you're going to see those home run plays uh in a in a vegas offense where jimmy garoppolo is the uh starting quarterback i think that um obviously jimmy's got some injury concerns himself at quarterback um, you know, as far as, you know, last year and the year before that, he's missed some time and, and, um, whatever, but it is good to see him coming back as a no doubt starter at this point, you know, obviously, uh, maybe, maybe a quarterback falls to seven where the Raiders have a pick and maybe that's not how that works out. But, um, you know, through, through 15 games played in 2021, so we're going back two years, uh, when he was fairly healthy, he threw, uh, uh, excuse me, 441 passes completed 301 of them for a 68% completion rating, 3,810 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Um, those numbers from a quarterback aren't going to be great for for fantasy. They're just – I mean, they're not 
Devontae Adams, I think, will be okay in this offense, obviously. Devontae Adams is going to get his. Devontae Adams is going to do his thing. But when you get into guys like Hunter Renfro and, and Jacoby Myers, I, I get extremely nervous for what that's going to look like with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy G, and I, like you said, uh, definitely not sold on. I absolutely love him in this situation. I love him for the team. I think he really, you know, I, I don't think it's an upgrade for them. I don't think it's too much of a downgrade for, from Carr. Um, we know Jimmy G's a, um, a system, a great system quarterback, and I think he'll fall into that system and I think he'll be just fine. But as for fantasy, like you said, I think Adams is the only one that you could really trust there. Um, outside of uh, Adams and Jacobs, I, that that's about it. I'm not trusting any of the other wide receivers there. Um, and I'm not trusting Jimmy G to be throwing for 300 plus yards a game and five touchdowns. They're going to rely on that run game and try to keep the ball. Let's look at the other offenses they're going to play twice a year. The Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, and now Denver Broncos, if they can figure out how to actually click that offense, you know, get rid of their quarterback, not saying anything. But so much P. Ryan, baby. It's it's yes. all over with. Just give them yeah. the ball. Yeah, just give P. Ryan the ball. But they're going to try to keep the ball out of those hands of those high-powered offense, which means a lot of Josh Jacobs, a lot of offs. That's not going to cut it for fantasy wise. So yeah, Jimmy G to maybe in a super flex, I'll trust him as you know a, a bottom tier uh, quarterback too. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not going to be my starter in a one QB league, and he's definitely not going to be a guy that I'm chasing to draft early or uh, you know excited to start every single week. Okay, fair enough. All right, who's the last guy you're not sold on here, Brant? Not sold on, but I absolutely love this man. And you, I'll tell you right now, guys, I was ready to sign him last offseason, trade for him last offseason. I had a pair of jeans ready to cut up. I was ready to take off the beard and just have the mustache going, and that's Garner Minshew going to the Colts. I understand the Colts are probably going to add another quarterback through this draft. That's why I'm not sold on him. If it was just Minshew, I absolutely – the man's a – certified winner he's going to keep your team in the game he's not he obviously I, I guess i can't say he's a winner but he's going to keep the team he's going to keep the team in the game he we saw that at the end of the year with philly we saw it there in jacksonville he kept the team in the game he does no problem slinging the ball over the field if he happens to be the starter in indianapolis he's got a nice core of receivers there he's got an amazing running back there he's coming behind a decent line that they're upgrading if he happens to win that job Minshew could be a low-key out wait let's not add let's not forget to add he has no problem scrambling too Minshew could be a guy you're talking as a top 12 qb in fantasy if they don't add anything there and he is a 17 game starter so Minshew's a guy to keep your eye on. And like I said, it could just be a homer pick for me, but I absolutely love Gardner Minshew, and I love what he brings to the table. He has nothing to lose when he's out there. What, what What's he going to do? They're going to bench him for a, a rookie? Oh, cool. He's already done that once, twice, three, four times in his career already. Don't think you're going to change his mind on a whole lot. Uh, I will, I will say this here on air brand. If, uh, I don't know what I'll do, but if Garner Minshew is, is the name, the starter and has fantasy relevancy for more than a game or two this year, uh, in Indianapolis, I will, I will allow myself to be punished somehow. I'm calling it not happening. I don't see it. I don't believe the hype. It's not there for me. Uh, I know you have your personal attachments to Garner Minshew, but uh, no thank you. Um, the Colts will absolutely draft a quarterback here that I would expect to start most of the season uh, with Garner being a serviceable backup. 
which is what he should be the rest of his career. He's, he's not a certified winner in my book. Um, although the mustache and the jeans do have some swag that doesn't carry over a whole lot on the football field, in my opinion. So, all right, here we go. Let's get into some guys we love. Uh, I'm going to kick us off because I think I have one more than you. I have three guys that I love. So I'm going to yep. kick us off here. I've got Jamal Williams uh, for the New Orleans Saints. He signed a three-year, $12 million deal. Um, the main reason, Brant, why I love this is Jamal Williams is going to be the starter for most of the season next year, depending on Alvin Kamara's suspension. Um, this guy goes from being a late-round um, you know, draft steal, if you will, league winner, if you will, um, to going into a situation where unless we know the suspension prior to a lot of these drafts being conducted, I know you and I have a startup draft being done in uh, sometime in May. Um, Jamal Williams will be late in that draft because the Kamara suspension news won't be out yet. So if your league's drafting prior to and you're doing a startup prior to um, the Kamara suspension news coming down, if there is any, I do believe there will be, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, however, if, the, if your league drafts before there's any any finalization with that, Jamal Williams is going to go a lot later than he should. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy that I'm not saying he has long-term value in fantasy, but this year he should have an immediate impact in fantasy. So if you've already got him in a dynasty, um, whatever, if somebody's willing to trade for him, he should be available cheap. And I think he's going to have an amazing season. Um, again, last year, 266 rushing yard or attempt rushing attempts for 1,066 yards, rushing 17 touchdowns, Brant. Um, this guy put up numbers. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. We wanted it to be Swift. It wasn't Swift. It was Jamal Williams. Now, when he with him in New Orleans, everybody's going to want to see seventeen touchdowns from Alvin Kamara, but it's not going to be Alvin Kamara. There's going to be some kind of a suspension, and Jamal Williams is going to be a focal point of this offense, barring they draft somebody. But I just don't see it happening. Um, I think Jamal Williams is going to be the bell cow for at least however many games Kamara suspended, and then have a role moving forward, much in the way that Mark Ingram did. Uh, in his in his later time in his career there. Um, I, I I absolutely love Jamal Williams to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I did too. And, and like you brought up, even after Kamara comes back, Jamal Williams is going to have a role. Let's look what they did with Taysom Hill on the goal line. Well, they don't – is that – that experiment, honestly, lining him up in the backfield, I think that's over. Look what you just got. You just got Jamal Williams from five yards out of the end zone and forward. That's going to be Jamal Williams' territory, even with Kamara back. He just has a nose for the end zone. We saw that last year. He's a great pounder right up the gut. Um, he's obviously going to be better for, better than Taysom Hill was at it. I know Taysom Hill is great, but I, I I absolutely love Jamal Williams. I think he has a flex value even after Kamara's suspension's up. But like you said, if, if, if Kamara gets suspended, which we both assume is going to happen, you're looking at Jamal Williams as a top 20 running back for that time frame, which is – I mean, you're going to get him in double-digit startup rounds. A is age. B, nobody knows what's going on with Kamara. It's going to be an easy steal to start the season. Great guy to get your dynasty league off the ground with. Absolutely love Jamal Williams going to the New Orleans Saints. Absolutely. So I, I, uh, I'm going to go with my like before I jump into my loves because I do actually have three. Um, I forgot about this one right here in my notes, and that's that's uh, I like this right now. And it's almost a eh, but this one is, I love Rashad Penny going to Philly. He doesn't have to be a full workhorse back like he was in Seattle. He gets to spill back a little bit of uh, the work, so it should help him stay a little healthier. Um, 
it, this guy was a, a was was a top 15 running back when he was healthy going down the stretch two years ago. I understand he got hurt and missed most of year last year, but they didn't really sign anybody else to replace Miles Sanders there in Philly. I know they replaced him with Boston Scott, and I know you probably don't have a whole lot to say about Penny, but this is a guy that that really when he it lines up, he fits the RPO option very well. Yeah, there in Philly, I think he's going to be a great addition. I think he's going to be a low-tier RB2 if they don't add another running back. They didn't have to pay him much either, so it's a one-year prove-it deal. It's a one-year prove-it deal for Boston Scott. That's about all they have in their backfield right now, and Kenneth Gainwell. All of them are kind of on prove-it. They've got three running backs that want to prove it. And I absolutely love this guy when he's healthy. And this, this could be the year that he gets to stay healthy. I know I've been, you know, barking at that tree for a while. I'm going to continue to. Um, and like I said, it may be a homer pick. He only signed a one year, $1.3 million. Or, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah. 1.3 million for this year. So we'll, we'll see how it goes with them. I assume they're probably going to add somebody, but I absolutely love what they did and giving him the opportunity there to run in that RPO system. Cause that's what he did in college. And that's what he's comfortable with. Um, do you have anything to add? Cause if not, I'm going to jump straight into one. Yeah. Of my so I'll just say real quick with, with uh, Rashad Penny that uh, I, I do think that the Eagles are one of my prime prime candidates to add a running back, whether it be Bajan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, they do have a couple first round picks this year. Um, so we'll see how that, how that transpires. But uh, I, I do think that um, if that doesn't happen and Rashad Penny can stay healthy, he definitely will be fantasy will be fantasy relevant in Philadelphia this upcoming season. That's going to bring me right into my love. That's kind of why I wanted to kick it off with Penny. That That's Miles Sanders going to the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely love it. Foreman's out the door. I know they got Chuba Hubbard, um, still a young guy. Miles Sanders had a breakout year last year for um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. He um, signed a four-year, $25 million contract. Um, he's going to fit that system great. He's going to help the young QB that they get or whoever is starting under center there. Um, so he had 259 carries last year, 11 touchdowns, 1,269 yards, and he was RB 15 on the year last year in most PPR leagues. I know that fluctuates a little bit with how people scoring is, um, he's as of right now, he's leading for the bell cow role. And I, I believe that, uh, uh, Chuba Hubbard will spill some work just like Boston Scott did and, and Gainwell did. But they signed Miles Sanders, and I think they want to use him as a bell cow back there. And I absolutely love him to finish inside the top 15 again, 15 running backs again this year. And and as we get closer to draft time, I could easily see this man moving into a, a top 12 back for me um, in my rankings coming up. But, uh, I mean, he's still uh, – he's only 25 years old. Um, obviously we saw him, like I said, he had 259 carries. That's not even talking about, you know, the 26 targets he also had, but this is a guy that that's going into Carolina. And they, like I said, they signed him to be a bell cow. They signed him to be the workhorse. And I believe that this guy has the potential and the opportunity all right in front of him to be that. And he gets away from the scrambling quarterback of Jalen hurts. So that helps him out a lot. I think Chuba Hubbard's going to be the starting running back in Carolina. I'm not a Miles Sanders fan. Um, I know I'm not the only one, but a lot of people have been burnt by falling in love with Miles Sanders over and over again in his career. Um, I was able to finally wash my hands a few years ago, and I've not fallen down that rabbit hole again since. Uh, I, I know he was better this year, but still down the stretch, he was terrible when it mattered for folks. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that Chuba Hubbard's going to end up winning that backfield this year. I just – 
I'm not ex- that excited about any part of Miles Sanders' game, and I know this is one you and I are going to differ on, but uh, I don't see him crashing into my RB2 uh, numbers even uh, as draft uh, or as uh, we get into doing our um, rankings for uh, draft season. But we'll see. There's a lot could happen in between now and then. Maybe they come out and say that they don't like Chuba Hubbard and I won't have a choice. But uh, I just – I'm not a Miles Sanders believer, so I, I'm going to let you get in that boat on your own on this one, Brant. I'm going to stay on, uh, on dry land here. So uh, I'm well, most boats can't carry both of us anyways. Very true. It'd have to be a cargo ship and that's no longer a boat. <laughs> it's a ship. So, uh, so it's funny that you bring up Carolina because my last two guys that I'm going to talk about are Carolina. I'll do one at a time, but um, the first one I'm going to bring up is Hayden Hurst. So um, just signed a three year, $21.8 million deal with Carolina to be their tight end of the future. Um, Carolina for the last several years really has not had a pass catching tight end. Uh, I know Tommy Trimble had some okay times as, as the starting tight end for them last year. Um, however, again, Brant, um, Carolina, you know, just traded with a uh, with the Chicago sent DJ Moore and a, and, a, and a host of draft picks over to them for the number one overall pick in this upcoming draft, which leads myself and a lot of other folks to say, hey, quarterback's coming on board, right? You don't make a trade like that to draft a guy like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Um, so. What, why do I think Hayden Hurst is, is going to fit so well? Well, Brant, what do you and I always say that happens with, with a young quarterback? Who do they fall in love with? The tight end and the running backs. Tight end and running backs, exactly right. Uh, and Hayden Hurst, last year with Cincinnati, obviously it wasn't great, but there was a lot of really, really good pass-catching options in Cincinnati. You know what there's not in Carolina, Brant? Pass catchers. Yeah, there's not a lot of good ones anyway. There's a lot of pass catchers. But I'm Shy Smith, uh, Terrence Marshall, I'm not – no. Um, so, you know, I think what you're going to see with Hayden Hurst is similar to what he did two years ago uh, in Atlanta when he had that breakout year where through half the way through the year he was like tight end five in fantasy. I think that could be something he sustains over the course of his his time here in Carolina. Uh, and I think a big reason he does that is because his average depth of target is 5.1 yards. That is very, very quarterback friendly, uh, especially when a guy's coming in trying to get his confidence established. Uh, you look, you look at a guy like Hayden Hurst who's standing, you know, five yards from the line of scrimmage. Hey, that's an easy completion. What builds confidence? Easy completions. I think this is a home run hit uh, play for Carolina here, signing him. And I think in fantasy, if you've had Hayden Hurst and you've held on to him, this is going to pay dividends this season. And I think that there's there's a chance, Brant that Hayden Hurst ends up being a top 10 tight end on the year. I know it's easy to get into that top, like that back half of the top 10 because it's either a really good tight end or it's just you've had a few good games. I think Hayden Hurst is going to be serviceable in fantasy this year to the way of a top 10 tight end. Obviously, things may change. If Carolina drafts one of those stud tight ends in this draft, obviously that'll that'll change my ratings. But right now, I think Hayden Hurst is going to be a top 10 tight end. I'm absolutely all, all on that board. Uh, with you, um, we'll call it a train. I'll get on okay. that hype train with you because that way that could carry us a little freight train than a boat. Freight train, yeah, a freight train. Either way, it's still got train on it. The <laughs> train in the name. Um, like I said, I told you prior to us going live, I have that H written down on my notes about six, seven times here because I kept wanting to write it down, but then I remembered that you had already had him. I absolutely love this. Um, I I think Hayden Hurst has another top 10 season and and Hayden Hurst was very, very serviceable in Cincinnati when he was fully healthy. Mm -hmm. I know he missed a game or two, um, but when he was fully healthy last year, he was very, very serviceable. And like you said, two years ago, he was tight in nine in PPR leagues there in Atlanta. He's a great veteran presence. Sounds like he's a great locker room guy. 
from things I've read about him. I absolutely think he goes into this young team and really makes a nice impact on being, you know, the leader on that offense with the young team. I absolutely love him to be helping everybody and anybody um, in there. All right, Brian, who's the next guy you love here? So my last guy that I'm in love with is, um, and this this is another one. He, he's still a young guy, and, and he's going to a weird offense that 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 sometimes it's really hard to trust. That's Juju Smith Schuster. One of the reasons I absolutely love him, he's going right into what was Jacoby Myers' role. He's 26 years old still. He signed uh, what three year? Yeah, three year three year deal with the New England Patriots. He instantly goes into the number one wide receiver role um he's starting to mature i think this last year he had uh 78 receptions in 16 games for 933 yards he only had three touchdowns we saw slowly but surely jacoby myers touchdowns get risen up more so um i absolutely love uh juju going there there's not a whole lot of other great pass catching options um i know johnny smith went out the door um and that was it terry con thornton is still there for the uh, the, the young thornton. wide receiver there um so i really like juju going there and and i like him moving forward as a wide receiver too i'm not going to put him back into that wide receiver one bunch i i think those days are behind him unless he goes somewhere that he just is a bright shining star, but we know what the, the offense there in um, new England is. It's, it's a pound first run it off the play action. Well, Juju's a guy with enough speed and enough shifty mobility to get, to make those short routes turn into a lot. So I really like him in PPR format. I absolutely love this fit for him. I think he's going to fit the Belichick system. Um, He'll be sitting there doing TikTok gritties with uh, with Bill Belichick on the sideline after his touchdowns, maybe. Maybe we'll get a Belichick smile on the sideline once or twice this year. I, I doubt it. Uh, probably not going to happen even if Juju goes for 1,800 yards and 30 touchdowns. I doubt Bill <laughs> Belichick smiling much. But uh, I, I, I do think this is a, a good, good signing for New England. I'm not sure I love it for Juju. I'm not sure anybody gets an uptick in, in my view from going from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones. Uh, but it can't be, it can't be worse. He, he, like you said, he's going to be the number one option instead of, you know, just a, a guy among many as, as he was in Kansas city. So, um, his volume could go up. I'm just not sure how much I like that volume tied to Mac Jones versus a lesser volume tied to Patrick Mahomes. We will see how it p- plays out for Juju. I like it because it's a three-year deal. Uh, there's some, uh, some certainty there. And I do think Bill Belichick will get his head squared on straight, screwed on straight. If it's not, if TikTok's still a priority, Bill Belichick will have that fixed uh, in no time flat. So I, I do like the move for for uh, Juju as far as his career, and I like the jump, the move for the Patriots. Again, like I said, I'm not sure um, whether I want to value it as an uptick after you leave the best quarterback playing football at this point. So that one that one's going to be a wait and see for me. But I could understand why you why you'd feel the way you do about it. Um, my last one, uh, is a guy unlike, uh, Juju, uh, who is still fairly young and figuring it out. This is a guy that's, that's coasting into his, probably his last deal of his career. Uh, and that's Adam Thielen, who just signed a three-year $25 million deal for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, again, a lot in the way that I talked about Hayden Hurst, a lot of that is, is going to go hand in hand with Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen right now is, is going to take a huge boost in my eyes, just because there is no other, um, wide receivers there that, that really worry me as far as fantasy relevancy goes. Um, 
you know, Adam Thielen's been a guy that the last couple of years has still put up relatively decent numbers. I'm talking wide at wide receiver three numbers with Justin Jefferson still in town. So, um, you know, last year, 17 games played 107 targets, 70 receptions, 716 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, I think this is a guy that you take him, you know, out of the, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, background where he was in Minnesota and put him in the forefront uh, here in Carolina with a, with a rookie quarterback. This guy could turn the clock back a little bit and get himself into a, I want, I want to say maybe a top 20 wide receiver role again. I don't think it's completely out of the question with how well his route tree is down around the goal line uh, and how, how shifty he is and, and able to get the ball into his hands um, on short yardage routes, just like you mentioned with Juju and, and make some things happen. Uh, again, another reason why I think he's going to be so relevant in, in Carolina is he's going to be quarterback friendly, especially for a rookie over the course of his career, his average depth of target is, is roughly 9.7 yards. Um, so again, that's going to be really, really tempting for a rookie quarterback to get the ball into his hands and let him make things happen. I think Adam Thielen is, is, um, going to to benefit immensely from leaving Minnesota uh, and having a couple more good years before he hangs it up and calls it a career. And Adam Thielen, in my mind, he's a guy that was an undrafted rookie. So when it comes out and you got a rookie quarterback, he's he's in my mind. Adam Thielen seems like the guy that's going to stay on the field late and work with this quarterback, go through the film room with this quarterback. I, I really feel like that whole best friend situation we saw in L.A. two years ago with Cooper Cup and Stafford. I honestly could see that being with a rookie quarterback there in Carolina and Adam Thielen, this guy, he, he's a workhorse. There's, there's videos out there of him putting in work with his family, making sure his, his, his route trees crisp. And like I said, he had to go from the bottom just to, just to make himself relevant in the NFL. So he knows what it takes. And so I really feel like he's going to be that guy that's, that's, that's willing to walk hand in hand with this rookie quarterback, with this young wide receiver crew. That's, behind Hayden Hurst and him. And I think he's going to be his best friend probably the, for the first year or two, like you said, and, and very, very fantasy relevant. Um, you know, you get that time to build the chemistry, and I really think that's what he's going to do with him. And I think this is a great signing for Carolina. I think what Carolina did was was this offseason was amazing. Um, I, I wasn't sold on it, but now I'm kind of looking back at all their signings and everything, and I absolutely love what they did. You got some great locker room guys, some great veterans coming in. Thielen and Hurst are going to be, in my mind, are going to be the stars of that receiving core. And then you got, um, then like I said, you got Miles Sanders there too. And, and then you get a build actually around that young rookie because you locked up. Um, um, Hurst was also a three-year deal, correct? So you correct. got Hurst, you got Thielen, and then you got Miles Sanders for at least the next three years. So you've got your veterans there. Now you really get a build around that quarterback and see what you can do for, in my mind, a division that's, almost wide open um i know you don't want to say it you'd love it to be you know no it's wide Atlanta. open no it's wide I, open yeah but i mean that's that division's wide open playoff contentions wide open they've got a nice young defense now they put some veterans on the outside on the offense to build around this young core that they're going to add through the draft i absolutely love what carolina has done this offseason absolutely um that's that's all i got um i know we want to get back into these rookies over the next couple of weeks uh, so it's it's going to be a uh, fun uh, fun week, couple weeks leading up to the draft. I know I'm going to be live at the draft and try to drop some uh, YouTube shorts or uh, some t some uh, Facebook lives on there. Just don't drop your own shorts, please. Oh no 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 no! We'll keep the uh, we'll keep the uh, um, um, clothes clothes on this this time. 
All right. We can appreciate that. Yeah, Brent, I, I think you're right. Again, as a, as a podcaster here, as, a, as an avid fantasy football enjoyer, uh, even here with, you know, March Madness on, I, I'm still checking my my uh, my leagues every day to see if there's any activity, see any moves that I can make. Uh, this is getting to be the, the, the prime time for us dynasty guys here leading up to the draft, right after the draft free agency. Uh, you know, it's definitely a lot of interesting times here for dynasty and there's no off season for it. You know, trades happen all year round. So, um, Definitely looking forward to the next several weeks, next couple of months, even if you will, of uh, leading up to the draft and then, you know, all the mock drafts that follow after um, the draft is complete. I'm definitely looking forward to all of it. So um, should be some entertaining weeks here on the podcast. As always, you know, it's going to be entertaining with you and I on here anyway, um, because we're just a couple of morons that like to talk fantasy football and and who doesn't enjoy that. So, um, you know, definitely going to be looking forward to being back with some more fun stuff now that we're done with, uh, you know, smart guy podcasts like we were the last four weeks with numbers and trying to make things make sense. So we're (laughs) we're getting back into our bread and butter, if you will. Uh, And if there's anything you and I know about, it's bread and butter. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, would th- I think that route wraps it up for today. So as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.